welcome to the Coach for Tutors podcast, where we grow your tutoring business with each episode. My name is Michael Gibbon, the founder of the Coach for Tutors podcast and Coach for Tutors. This episode is brought to you in part by our sponsor, Tutorbird. Tutorbird is the one-stop shop for all your tutoring administration needs. Schedule your sessions, teach online, receive payments, and so much more with Tutorbird. We are on our season four premiere, and for the season four premiere, we have the Tutoring Business Success Support Group Superstar Tutor of the Month and friend, Aaron Doyle. Aaron, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's my first podcast. And, you know, as tutors, we love talking about our craft, but this is so great to talk about the business side of it all. Oh, absolutely. And it's great to have you here. A little bit about Aaron for our listeners. Aaron is the founder of The Reading Specialist, which is a specialized tutoring company that teaches reading according to the science to achieve reading progress for kindergarten to grade five students in Ontario, Canada. Aaron received her Bachelor of Education degree from OISE at the University of Toronto. While teaching in England, Aaron completed a master's degree in education, psychology, and Aaron is currently pursuing certification in Orton-Gillingham at the associate level after completing 60 hours of training. Aaron's mission is to improve the academic progress and overall well-being of students through high-impact, one-on-one, virtual reading tutoring. That is wonderful, Aaron. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. Our topic today is five back-to-school tips to boost your tutoring income. Before we get to that, though, what helped you to decide to become a tutorpreneur? I know you shared during some of our talks about reading instruction and ADHD and about your journey. So it'd be great to hear more about that. Yes. So it's really two things, an ADHD diagnosis, as you said, and a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with the podcast and listening to podcasts, something people do every day. And this story is a great example about how everyday moments can alter the course of your life. Two and a half years ago, I was returning to teaching after having my second son, Ollie, and I had been a teacher for 10 years. I had been teaching for five years in London, England, and then I returned to Ontario in 2015. I did long-term placements teaching English in secondary schools and supply teaching and having kids. It was busy, but it's matched five years. I land a one-year contract job coming off of maternity leave, and it is my dream job. It was a special education teacher at an elementary school, and I couldn't wait to start. But I had not only been off for a year with my son, I had never done the role or any role in special education. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the computer software, the timelines of the year, the testing that I would be required to complete. I wanted to do a good job so badly. I decided I am going to be really good at something. I'm going to help teachers with something and it's going to be teaching kids to read. So anyone who's having reading difficulties, teachers send them to me. A lot of times when kids have reading difficulties, the advice is just read with your kids more. And parents are like, okay, I am reading with my kids a lot. It's not working. I was really excited to help teachers and help kids. I researched the best, most effective procedures to get kids reading and comprehending text fluently. I land on a podcast called Hard Words, Why Kids Are Not Being Taught to Mm -hmm. Read. And it's Emily Hanford with APM Reports. She ended up doing Sold a Story, which was a more widespread podcast. But this one... Just everything I had noticed about how lacking reading instruction was in schools, this podcast highlighted why it showed that the way reading is taught in schools doesn't align with the science of how kids learn to read. And not only that, but the strategies that are promoted in reading programs in schools were actually 
hindering students' progress because they encourage bad habits, like looking at a picture and looking at the mm-hmm. first letter of a word and, okay, guess the word. Now kids' attention is being taken away from the rest of the word, like decoding the rest of the words, setting kids up to not even understand what reading in essence is. This podcast really sparked a ton of emotions in me, rage, sadness, confusion, but I was also excited about the impact I would be able to have once I started my new job. And teachers weren't really aware of what's now called structured literacy. And this follows the body of research about how kids learn to read. I spent a month doing classes, webinars, podcasts, books to prepare for the role. It was amazing. And teachers were happy to have that support. Kids were struggling, made great progress. And this podcast made me just so fixated on teaching reading to students with learning disabilities and dyslexia. That's the first thing. (laughs) The second reason. So I'm in my new job. It's going great. Loving it. Like I thought I would. And a student had recently been diagnosed with ADHD and academically he was okay, but the parents wanted an individual education plan, but the school didn't really want to provide it because without a learning disability or academic difficulties, the school felt they didn't have the resources to spend crafting an IEP for him. So I wanted to have the facts for the conversation between the school and the parents. I began to research ADHD and it was not at all what I thought it was. It's not a fidgeting kid who can't focus in class. It's that you focus on so many things at the same time. It's tough to know where to shine the spotlight mm-hmm. on. And there were other things I didn't know how sensitive people with ADHD are to rejection to the point where if they perceive themselves being rejected, they feel physical pain. And actually, if they feel bored, they feel physically uncomfortable as well. The reason I could empathize with ADHD so much as I was researching is everything I learned my entire life just made sense. I was not this emotional person who constantly had to be reading or on their phone. I wasn't a disorganized, messy train wreck. I had ADHD. And I had developed so many coping strategies over my lifetime to deal with it. When I had my kids and I was trying to juggle a teaching career and raising toddlers, I couldn't really handle it anymore. I sought out a diagnosis and then sure enough, the results came back. I have ADHD, the combined type. So it's inattentive and hyperactive. Mm -hmm. I think the hyperactive piece comes from like impulsivities. I began treatment and ADHD sucks and is negatively affected like most areas of my life, but it has definitely some strengths some other countries, they really do see ADHD as a strength because you just see things a little bit differently and efficiently than maybe a neurotypical person. One great thing is the hyper-focus. I would be talking to my friends about this reading stuff and they were kind of like, just see their eyes glaze over, but it's all I could think about. I wanted to lean into that hyper-focus and stop trying to exist in this neurotypical world with a nine to five every day. I was so overwhelmed with the sensory input from the classroom. And I began to craft a life that was really rooted in my own strengths. And that is scaling a successful tutoring business that supports students who are learning to read or struggling to read or who have learning disabilities. That is, yeah, my story. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing, Erin. Yes. It's wonderful because you're giving so much back now as a tutor and you've been doing that as a teacher now as a tutor and just, and just providing so much to our listeners who might be going through something similar or know someone who's mm-hmm. going through a similar journey. And you're providing some great inspiration and some wonderful tools. For people Thank you. As well. I think about dyslexia and ADHD and they exist together very often. I think one real consideration for people is that the way girls internalize a lot of things that they don't want to be embarrassed if they can't read or they want to please people. I think dyslexia is diagnosed something at a rate of about six 
boys to every one girl. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women, as they become parents and their life shifts into this more adult role, a lot of mothers are being diagnosed straight now. I'm noticing. I think that's important to think about as well. Absolutely. Erin, thank you so much for sharing those again, yes. your story and these very important points as well, I'm sure are going to resonate with a lot of listeners. Our back to school season mm -hmm. is right around the corner. And as tutorpreneurs, it's like, okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to be the next <laughs> steps to help as many students as we can? From your experience so far in the tutoring sphere, what are five tips that you can share with our listeners to help them boost income for the new school year ahead? Oh, it's a good question. We always have to be thinking a couple of months ahead, don't we? <laughs> the first tip would be the mindset and a morning routine. When I wake up, I do a quick three uh, gratitude, three things I'm grateful for really, really quick. People can do that in their minds. I write it in my planner and then I read a book, a personal development book, just filling my brain with really inspiring content from Brene Brown. I'm reading Brianna Weiss, The Mountain Is You right now. One thing I've noticed too is the day can get so busy. If you're tutoring, the day can fill up, but it doesn't often leave a ton of time for you to learn and develop your craft. I did start waking up about 30 minutes earlier so that I could also get some training in, either training in social media and marketing or training in reading instruction. Just some time to learn in the morning before the busyness of the day takes over. I think that's helpful to get to start your day off on that foot, I think will lead you to creating more of a lucrative business for sure. Absolutely. Mindset is set. The second thing I really think is important is getting clear on what you offer, what sets you apart, your mission, and the exact problems that you're solving for people, for parents. And getting very deep. A child is struggling in school and they need a tutor. But what does that actually look like for parents specifically? Is it that nighttime a kid is sharing all of the nerves for the day ahead and now you're spending an hour before bed going over everything? You're noticing your kids not feeling confident. That's a terrible feeling as a mm -hmm. parent to feel your beautiful, bright child is at feeling that they're not as good as their, their friends. It's also terrible if kids are saying things to your child about their performance at school, because that happens too. I think really highlighting those issues that you are going to solve for parents is going to make people want to work with you for sure. And practical stuff. I think different income streams, lots of different areas where you could make some money. For myself, I created all of my digital lessons for my reading instruction, but I also sell those to make some money there. I consult with a few like people who are trying to scale like a niche tutoring business. Mm -hmm. And I think one-to-one -one tutoring can be a really challenging business model, serving one client at a time. Also, I was thinking in terms of what to charge when you're making an investment that may not pay off for 30 years. And you're making an investment for somebody else. I'm wondering psychologically if that's why sometimes parents can like haggle on price because it is so important and it is going to pay off, but not for a while. So I think the one-to-one -one model can be tough. Different income streams is important, but I just don't want to compromise on that one-to-one -one model. And then developing a strong online presence. So using different social media platforms to increase visibility I think if you're tutoring in your town, making sure that everyone you know knows what you're offering, you feel like you're repeating yourself too on social media. But I had posted exactly what I offer, exactly what I do on my personal Facebook page, 
my business page, my Instagram page. And I still had one of my best friends tell me three weeks later, she said, what do you do? Like, who do you actually Mm -hmm. serve? Oh my gosh, she's my best friend. And she's not even clear on exactly what I'm doing, even though I feel like I've said it so many times. I think getting really clear online and don't feel like you're repeating yourself as you share what you offer, showcase your expertise, your qualifications, any positive testimonials, I think is a great way to keep momentum up and keep people seeing what you offer and and what your brand is for sure. People are still concerned about the effect of COVID on their child's learning. Parents are often looking for tutors. If you're tutoring locally, reach out to the principals in your area. Or if you can find the name of the special education teachers at the schools in your area, reach out to them because we have been constantly looking for tutors from a teacher's perspective. Parents are always wanting it. And and teachers aren't wanting to tutor, I'm noticing, after school, maybe the same way they would have 10 years ago definitely reaching out to people in your community about what you offer. Amazing. And Aaron, I love that you started with mindset as Mm. the way to get ready, the way to get new clients and the way to gain income. You have to take care of yourself and your frame of mind before jumping into the other pieces of the puzzle. That's awesome. You're absolutely right about multiple streams of income and think Mm -hmm. of ways that you can really diversify your portfolio, but at the same time, having a very clean, succinct message about who you are and how you help people. And that's very being very specific. That's awesome. There's so many highs and lows with starting a business. And if you have these quotes that you've just read, it's you got to push past your discomfort because also when you're starting something new, you're going to feel uncomfortable. This is where a lot of people stop because we can't sit in our discomfort. Actually, kind of tying into that, a lot of students feel potentially anxious about this new school year, but tutors as well. There is some anxiety about about getting back into the swing of things potentially or ramping up for the fall now, like you said, being proactive and ramping up as early as possible. From your experience, what is that number one nugget for those that are feeling that anxiety about getting students for the new year and getting going into the fall? Okay, two parts. Get your solid morning routine. Maybe throw in a five-minute meditation as well. Make sure you're moving your body and food. Get really serious about nutrition and mindset. So that is to help your feelings of anxiety. My top piece of advice is reaching out to either people in your community or being super consistent on social media if you are tutoring virtually, using your connections. I have been so consistent on TikTok. I'm on Instagram every day, but my clients are really coming from my own personal network. Whenever I post on my personal pages, this is where it seems I am getting clients. I'm still building, but this really is where it's coming from. Also take a look at when report card time is progress reports. When do those come out? I think for us here, we get a progress report in in Ontario. We get October, a progress Mm -hmm. report. I would try to like get in maybe the week after or like around that time. This is where parents are looking at their report card being like, oh, I had no idea they were struggling. A lot of parents could be surprised at their kids' marks and really be primed to seek support after report card time. Another report card may come out in February. So ramp up some marketing stuff around those report card times. Get yourself in an amazing headspace and then get really excited about your offer as you reach out to 
uh, people that you know. I love what you said, Aaron, about reaching out to your network and how a lot of your students come from your network. A small business, that's your lifeblood, are those relationships that you build and the connections you're fostering. And so don't feel uneasy about leaning on those connections or inquiring with those people and sharing with people and seeing what the response is. Absolutely. If you've gotten really clear on what you're offering people and the way that you are going to change families' lives through your work, it's really going to show through. It's not going to feel like you're just reaching out to your personal page saying, hey guys, I'm tutoring. No, this is my passion and I would love to support families. It's going to resonate with a lot of people if you do that. For sure. Erin, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Coach for Tutors podcast today. Is there a place that our listeners can find you? Yes. Come find me on Instagram. I'm at the underscore reading underscore specialists with an S. Funny story. I did go viral earlier this year. Just a little video of my son. It goes viral and it gets picked up by TSN. (laughs) So the sports network in Canada. I'm so excited. It has 500,000 views. And they tagged me incorrectly without the S. They tagged the reading specialist. Oh, <laughs> no. I <laughs> change it. But that's okay. But yes, reading specialists with an S and then underscores underneath. On Instagram, I'm always chatting. And I'd love to get to know you there. We will definitely post the link with the proper full handle for our <laughs> listeners. Thank you for listening to the Coach for Tutors podcast. And thank you again to our sponsor, TutorBird, the all-in-one system for all your tutoring business admin needs. Save time to work on your business, not in your business, with TutorBird. As always, everybody, make it a great day. 